Amen. Recovering Rembrandt is the title that I would like to preach from, and I would like to begin with uh, somewhat of an intriguing story that I came across not long ago. In the early morning hours of March the 18th, 1990, the largest art heist in history was carried out. The record of this heist shows that two men posing as police officers pulled up to the side entrance of the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum in Boston. They pushed the buzzer and announced to the security guards that they were responding to a security threat. Once they gained access, they overpowered the guards, handcuffed them, bound them with duct tape, and cast them into a small closet off to the side. Over the next 81 minutes, the counterfeit cops would remove 13 works of art, totaling $500 million in value. The crown jewel of their heist, the most prominent piece they pilfered was a painting by the renowned Dutch artist Rembrandt Harmunzen van Rijn. Rembrandt paintings have sold for as much as $180 million. In fact, if you're lucky enough to find just a simple sketch that was performed by Rembrandt, little more than doodling on a napkin, it will cost you somewhere between two dollars and $300,000. These works of art are of such regard and acclaim that any one of his works are not known as paintings by Rembrandt, Harmoons, and Van Rijn. Rather, they are simply referred to as a Rembrandt. To possess a Rembrandt, whether it be a painting or a sketch, is a status symbol in the world's most wealthy and elite. And it was in that early morning as these counterfeit cops carried out their grand theft, it was a Rembrandt that was their most famed and costly lifted. Not just any Rembrandt, however, it was the painting titled Christ in the Storm on the Sea of Galilee. And in this work of art, painted all the way back in 1633, Rembrandt captures the moment as Jesus steps to the bow of that boat to speak peace into the midst of a troubled sea. The moment that Jesus will voice and silence the wind and still the sea. Amen. It is the image of the very moment the menacing conditions would be miraculously tamed. The moment that would transform disciples from fearful that they will perish to an unfathomable, unexplainable peace. The work of a master artist painting the work of the master of the wind and the sea. The image of a peace that only the God of heaven can bring into troubled times. Stolen by men posing as something that they were not. The very figures that arrived on the scene promising to bring security and safety were in fact the thieves that stole the work of art. The work of Rembrandt lifted from that museum is valued today at $100 million. But the object of Rembrandt's work, amen, the object as Rembrandt sat down 200 years ago and picked up that paintbrush and began to etch upon that canvas. He was depicting the peace of God that can speak into a storm. He was depicting the only voice that even today can rise above the sound of the wind and the waves in your life. And I want you to know that Jesus can still speak and say, peace be still. The value of the canvas and the, the paint that covers it is $100 million. But 
the peace that is spoken by Jesus Christ, the peace that the Bible tells us passes all understanding, the peace that the prophet Isaiah said, if you keep your mind stayed upon him, it will keep you in perfect peace. Amen. That image formed by brushstrokes on canvas might be $100 million, but the peace of Jesus Christ has no value. It is valueless. It, it is of such value that you can't even put a number on it. Amen. In the midst of a world that today that is filled with turmoil, I come today to tell you that the peace of Jesus Christ is at a premium. It's never been more valuable than it is today. It's never been more sought after than it is today. The lengths that people will go to. The risks that they will take sacrifices that they will make just to find a moment of peace. And I preached this morning in the midst of political storms, raging tides of racial tension, amen, financial un uncertainty. It's time to recover Rembrandt. It's time not just the painting on canvas, but the image of what that artist was trying to capture. It's time to get what the enemy has stolen. It's time to go after what the thief has robbed. It's time to get peace back into your life. It's time to get what the enemy has stolen. I wonder if anybody in this building today knows it's time to get your peace back. It's time to get real peace back in your life. Just as it was at that art museum 30 years ago, the enemy gains access and robs us of our peace through the counterfeit. Adversaries posing as allies gain access into our hearts and into our minds and into our lives and leave us wondering, can real peace really truly be found? I want to just for the next few minutes, and I'm really not going to preach long, but I want to bring three counterfeit ways, three of these counterfeit allies that the enemy uses to gain access and rob us of our peace. The first is counterfeit satisfaction. Amen. If I could summarize what counterfeit satisfaction is, it's a three-letter word with I right in the middle of it. It is sin. Amen. From the very first sin in the garden, the enemy has been masquerading himself as satisfaction. The enemy has been propagating a lie that if you will just indulge yourself in what you want, if you'll just take hold of the fruit that is forbidden, it will bring meaning and it will bring purpose into your life. But what we find is it doesn't do that at all. What the enemy says is the one thing that I'm missing out on. What we find is when you really get a hold of it, it robs you of your peace. Amen. It steals away your ability to sleep at night. It takes away your ability to understand and know everything is going to be all right. The serpent promised Eve, if you eat this fruit, you'll become like God. Only to separate her from the garden, bring pain into her world, and usher in the very curse of death. We see it again in the New Testament. We see this counterfeit satisfaction of sin. Amen. We see it through the image of the woman at the well. Amen. We understand this bucket that she brings to the well is simply a metaphor for a deeper thirst that is at work in her life. Amen. Jesus sees beyond it because she's bought into this counterfeit satisfaction because it's not a bucket that is run empty, but it's a life that has been drained because she's been married five times before and the man she's living with right now is not her husband. 
when Jesus gets right to the root of the problem, you let something counterfeit into your world. You thought you could find satisfaction in a man. You thought you could find fulfillment in another relationship. You thought that sin would bring you satisfaction. But Jesus doesn't stop there. He says, I've got the answer that you're looking for. I've got water that if you'll drink of this water... I've come to tell somebody in this building that sin has crept its way into your world. The enemy has convinced you that the counterfeit thief of sin was exactly what you needed. But I've come to tell you there's water in this house today that you can drink of and you will never thirst again. Somebody give God praise in this house. I'm not preaching to perfect people today. I don't care how pretty you look, how good your perfume smells, you're not pretty. I'm sorry, you're not perfect. I just about got myself dismissed mid-sermon. You are pretty, you're just not perfect. How do I know that? I know that because the Bible says all have sinned and come short. Everyone in this room has laid awake at night, amen, dealing with the ramifications of counterfeit satisfaction. Amen. The enemy convinced you that there was some, some deed, there was some action, some activity that, that if you would just reach out and take hold of that, that you would find satisfaction. But then all of a sudden you woke up and you recognize Rembrandt is gone. My peace is no longer in the building. Amen. Something is wrong. Something is missing. Amen. And I know in 2022, it's a little taboo to preach against sin. We've got more motivational speakers than we do preachers filling the pulpits across our nation. Amen. We're, we're not helping people get delivered. We're just telling them how to be a better version of their bound self. Amen. We're not helping people get, we're not helping people find peace. We're just helping them find other ways to overlook, amen, the turmoil that they're dealing with. But I come today to tell you that Jesus is still the answer. Amen. You still got to repent of your sin. If you want to sleep at night, the answer is repent. Amen. If you want to get peace back, you've got to get the counterfeit out of your life. You will never find satisfaction in this world. I don't remember. I think maybe it was Rockefeller, right? One of the, 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 the kind of the, 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 the real rich people in the, the, the history of our nation was once asked, how much money is enough? And his response was just one more dollar. Amen. That's how sin works. I'm not saying money is sin, but I'm saying when it greed and those things of this world that promise satisfaction, but it's never enough. It never satisfies. You cannot find peace in sin. You cannot find peace in sin. You may find, the Bible even says you will find momentary pleasure, but it's fleeting and fading. It's, I like to refer to it as cotton candy for the soul. Amen. I, I, you know, when I go to the carnival, the fair with my daughters, once, once uh, every decade or so, amen, I like to get some cotton candy, but there's nothing satisfying. You, you look at it, it looks like there's so much there, but it's really just a handful of sugar. Amen. And, and so today it's time to recover Rembrandt in this. I've come to preach. I've come on a mission from the Holy Ghost today. There's somebody in this building today that you let the counterfeit thief into your world. The enemy convinced you that sin is what would satisfy you and you bought into that and now your peace is missing. I came today to tell somebody it's time for you to recover Rembrandt. It's 
time for you to say, I'm going to do whatever I've got to do. Hey, man, whatever I've got, I've got, if I've got to turn over some tables, if I've got to get some things out of my life, whatever I've got to do, I've got to get my peace back. It's time to find that true peace only comes when the precious blood of Jesus covers our sins. Amen. It's time to find that true peace only comes when we walk down to an altar and we bow our knee and we raise our hands and we say, God, all the sin, every sin, every hidden sin, every secret sin, I ask you, Lord, take it all because I've got to have peace. The prophet said, come now. Let us reason together. Here, some of you have been convinced that your sin is too big. Um, what a message Friday night. The lamb, you're, you're never too big for the lamb. You could never consume all the mercy of Jesus Christ. Some of you, the enemy has convinced you that your sin is beyond repair. That there's no way you could ever recover your peace again. No way that, that your sins could ever be forgotten about. But the prophet said, come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. What is the prophet saying? He's saying, I don't care what you've done. I don't care how far you've gone. I don't care how long you've been there. That right now there's peace in this house for you. Somebody raise your hands right now. Even right now, you can repent of your sin. Even this moment, come now, saith the Lord. I don't care what you've done, alcoholic, drug addict, drug dealer, it doesn't matter. Jesus can forgive you. Amen, Calvary, that's what we're about. We're about the blood of Jesus coming into contact with lost souls. We're about the blood. Hey, somebody, Calvary, we're going to help somebody get their Rembrandt back today. We're going to help somebody find peace in their world again. The second counterfeit that makes its way into our world and removes that Rembrandt, that symbol of peace, is counterfeit security. Self-reliance is what I would call it. The second thief that will rob you of your Rembrandt is self-reliance. Trusting in our own abilities. Trusting in our own ability to strategize our way through life and kind of deal with all the situations and get all the pieces in the right place. Amen. Trusting in our own strength, our own ingenuity and our own abilities to work it out. Can I tell you the times in my life that have been filled with the most turmoil uh, are the times when I took things back out of the mighty hands of Jesus and I said, I think I can handle this one on my own. Uh, it might have been something simple. It might have been something really small. But when I took it out of the hands of Jesus, the storm, the wind, and the waves began to rise again. Amen. Listen, you cannot do this on your own. I like what Pastor said a moment ago. Calvary, we can't do this without Jesus. Amen. If we're going to have peace to offer our world today, it's when we realize I've got to give him everything. I've got to give him my finances. I've got to give him my relationships. Daniel chapter 4, verse 28, I'm going to summarize what unfolds over 10 verses as Nebuchadnezzar, the Bible tells us, walks out to the porch, the patio of his palace, 
Amen. And here's what he says. This is not great Babylon, which I have built by my mighty power as a royal residence for the glory of my majesty. Amen. Nebuchadnezzar is saying, I've got this. Amen. I've got this one. I, I got this is the works of my hands. I'm the one that built all of this. Uh, amen. And the Bible says, while the words were still falling out of his mouth, uh, amen, a voice louder than his came from heaven. And it said, O King Nebuchadnezzar, to you it is spoken. Uh, amen. Rembrandt is about to leave the building. Uh, amen. The kingdom has departed from you and you're going to be driven from among men and you're going to start living like a wild animal in the field. Uh, and before the day was over, that man was out in the field chewing on grass like a cow. I want to tell somebody today, amen, this is not the work of your hands. Amen, I can't, I can't do anything of my own might and my own power. Everything I am is because of the goodness of Jesus. Hey, if you've got money in the bank, you ought to stand up today and give God praise. If you've got some education, you ought to stand up and give God praise. The moment you start pointing at those certificates on the wall and thinking you're the one responsible is the moment Rembrandt leaves the building. But when I walk into the house of God on a Sunday and I say, thank you, Lord, for everything you've given to me. Thank you, God, that I've got a little bit of money in the bank. Thank you that I rode to church today in a car that wasn't breaking down. Thank you that I've got a little bit of education. Lord, but I know without you, I am nothing. If he's done a whole lot for you, why don't you give him a whole lot of praise? I can't do anything. Without him, I am nothing. But with him, I can do all things. I feel the Holy Ghost and that's what happens when peace Peace is in the middle of praise. When you begin to give God credit, there's peace that comes into your situation. When you realize I can't do this on my own, peace moves into your situation. If you need peace right now, I'm, I'm inviting you, get rid of those counterfeit things and lift your hands toward heaven and give God praise. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father. Hallelujah. Every, my, my, my wife, my children, amen, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father. Every, the peace of mind that I have, amen, the, the, the fact that I woke up this morning and I was in my right mind, amen, God is responsible for that. I can't do it on, listen, I can't even walk across this platform on my own. I, I need Jesus every day. Come on, don't be a Nebuchadnezzar. Instead, lift your hands toward heaven and give him praise. Trust the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And lean not to your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge him. And he, sh listen, there's so much peace in that statement. He shall direct your paths. There's so much peace in that statement right there you can sleep at night when you know God's got it amen you can wake up feeling good in the morning when you know God's got it you can be in the middle of the storm but you can know everything's going to be alright because God's got it 
Somebody right now, you need to give it to Jesus. You're trying to hold on to something. You're trying to navigate your way through it on your own. And the Holy Ghost is here today to tell you if you want peace, then you need to give it to Jesus. Amen. It might be a business deal. It might be a family situation. But if you'll give it to Jesus, he'll keep you in peace. Just take about 30 seconds and give it to Jesus. Come on, all around this room. I don't know what your situation is. I know what mine are. And I know when I try to hold on to them, they overwhelm me. When I try to figure it out, how's it all going to work out? God, how's the next move and the move after that? What do I need to do? When I try to figure it out, it overwhelms me. It drives me out of my mind. But when I lift up my hands and I say, Lord, I don't know how it's all going to work out. I don't even know the next step that I need to take. But I know that you are directing my path. Hallelujah. I know that you are leading me. I know that you are guiding me. And Lord, you've never failed me. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I've never seen his children begging for bread. What's that mean? It means God's got it. Come on, somebody reach over for your neighbor right now. Pray for your neighbor in the name of Jesus. Come on, Lord, help us today to find peace. Come on, get rid of that counterfeit spirit that's trying to convince you that you can do this on your own. Oh, I can beat this addiction on my own. I, I, I can beat this thing. I can beat depression on my own. I've got this. No, you don't got this. But I'm going to tell you who does got this. His name is Jesus. And if you're trusting him with all of your heart, he'll get you where you need to be. He'll get you there when you need to be there. Come on, he'll get you there right on time. It may not be when you thought it should happen, but he'll get you there right on time in the right place at the right time. It's time to get your Rembrandt back. It's time to get true peace back into your world. It's trying to get time to get true. Hey Amen. I'm talking to good Holy Ghost filled people, but you took some things back from God and you thought you got it. You need to get peace back in your life and put it back in the mighty hand of Jesus. Can't find security in this world. I try to, I try to take care of this, 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 this flesh. As best I can, I try to run a little bit. Not, not Brother Hauk. Where's Brother Hauk? He runs more than me, but I try to do a little bit. Your dad. Yeah, your dad. Ben saying, not me. I try to eat right. Or somewhat right. Lord, I'm, I can't lie in church. Somewhat right. Let me qualify that. I try to. I take some supplements and vitamins to try to take. But you know what? I could wake up tomorrow. Amen. I could wake up tomorrow and everything I've tried to do to take care of this body can be out of control. I could wake up tomorrow and have a, a cancerous growth and the doctors say you've got months to live. I can't control those things. And if I try to, I will run myself ragged trying to take care of those things. But what I can do is put it in the hands of Jesus. What I can do is say, you know what? My Bible tells me he is my healer. Amen. My Bible tells me he is my provider. So I'm not going to worry myself with this. I'm just going to give it to Jesus. 
You can save all the money in the world. You can put it all in the bank. You can put it into all those different accounts. Amen. Tomorrow, Wall Street could crash and everything you got saved could be worth nothing. And so if you put your trust in that, when the stocks start tumbling, you're going to lose your peace. But my treasures are not in this world. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. And so when Wall Street does that, I still keep doing this. When Wall Street does that, I keep doing this because that's not where I find my peace. I find my peace in Jesus. Hallelujah. We can't, we, we, we don't know what our world in the last couple of years just been seemingly turned upside down and the things that used to bring us security don't do that anymore. But let me tell you what can. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. I don't care who's in the White House. I don't care who controls the Senate. It doesn't reflect upon my peace. My peace is in the name of the Lord. So I'm going to run into that strong tower. The righteous runneth into it and they are safe. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord, for he shall be as a tree planted by the waters and whose spreadeth out her roots by the river and shall not see the heat when it cometh, but her leaves shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. What does that mean? If I'll keep on trusting in the Lord, I'm going to be fruitful in every season. Amen. No matter what's going on in the world around me, I'm going to be fruitful. Hallelujah. The final of these counterfeit thieves that rob us of our peace, that take the Rembrandt right out of the museum off the wall is counterfeit salvation. Hallelujah. When we start thinking that we can save ourselves through our good works. Hallelujah. I believe in good works, but it ain't good works that saved me. It ain't anything that I've done that saved me. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that is not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Amen. That we can be saved by institutional religion. When we start believing that because I'm a part of a particular group of people, that's what saves me. I'm not saying we should stop attending church. I believe that's the overflow of the fact that I have been saved is I can't miss church because I need to stay in the church if I'm going to stay saved. If I'm going to grow, I need to be in a body of believers. Amen. But, but if we begin to think that because we're related to somebody. Oh, I got Uncle Doug here today. I'm good. Amen. Uncle Doug's, man, Uncle Doug's a righteous guy. I know Uncle Doug's good. So because, you know, even if I mess up, I'm okay because I'm, I'm connected to Uncle Doug. That, that will not save. I don't care who your mom is. I don't care who your dad is. I don't care who your grandparents are. I don't care if you shake the preacher's hand today. That is not what saves you. All of these things that I have mentioned are counterfeit saviors. There's only one thing that saves, and it's the blood of Jesus. It's the applied blood of Jesus. It's when we get the blood of Jesus upon our lives. You can go out and do good works all week long. Amen. But if you've not been born again of the water and of the spirit, you cannot be saved. Good.
Good works cannot save me. My Bible tells me that I'm saved unto good works. Amen. I'm not saved by good works. The fruit of salvation should be good works. Amen. Attending a church cannot save you. However, we don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together because of so great a salvation that I have experienced. We're not saved by who we're related to. There's no grandfather clause in salvation. I heard it said once, Jesus doesn't have any grandchildren. Amen. Either, either you've been saved and received the spirit of adoption or you're not saved. Amen. You cannot get saved vicariously through somebody else's experience with God. Amen. I come today to tell somebody you don't have peace. Amen. Because you've been deceived into a counterfeit salvation. I want to tell you today there is a peace like no other peace. When you repent of your sins and you go down in waters of baptism in the name of Jesus and you come up and that old nature has been buried. And you lift up your hands and you begin to speak with other tongues as the Holy Ghost fills you up. I think I'm in an apostolic church today. There's like eight of you. I said, that's, that's where you find real peace. Do you remember when you came through? The church was on fire with the Holy Ghost too. Do you remember when you went down in waters of baptism in the name of Jesus? Some of you, I'd, I'd get more response out of you if I walked up to you right now and told you you won the lottery. You'd be dancing all around this church. I won what? I won the jackpot? I won millions of dollars. Let me tell you, you got something better than that. Hey Amen. You got something the world can't give you and the world can't take it away. You got a peace that'll be with you in the middle of the storm. You got a joy that you can't get from circumstances. Hey Amen. You've got something that has eternal value. When I know that I'm saved, when I know that I'm in the hands of Jesus, when I know that his name has been applied to me and his blood has covered me, would you stand with me this morning? There is peace. And true salvation is like a, a wellspring that just flows out of you. It doesn't matter what's going on. I live about an hour from the White House. If you drive Take a left out of the road I live on and drive straight. You'll end up, if you keep driving, you'll probably get shot. So you got to stop because there's a fence around it. <laughs> but about an hour from where I, my next door neighbor is Mr. Biden. President Biden is my neighbor, kind of, sort of. I'm using a little liberty there. But, I, but that's not where my peace comes in. My peace, Lord help me if that's where my peace came from is what's going on in D.C. right now. That's not where my peace comes from. My peace at night, I can lay down on my pillow at night, amen, and I can find rest for my soul because I know I'm in the hands of Jesus, amen. If something overtakes my body in the middle of the night, it's okay, amen, because I know I'm going home to be with Jesus, amen. If the economy falls apart tomorrow, amen, and everything in my bank is worth nothing, it's all right because I'm in the name of Jesus. I've been saved. Saved. This morning, somebody needs to get your Rembrandt back. You've lost your peace because counterfeit satisfaction has made its way in. I don't need to know what your sin are. It's between you and Jesus. But right now at this altar, the, the prophet said, come now. He didn't say, wait and see if your neighbor comes and then you come too. He said, come now. Well, I don't want people to know I'm a sinner. Well, let me just help you with that. 
Look to your right, look to your left, look in front of you, look behind you. All those people you saw, they're all sinners. Amen? Oh, not me. Oh, yeah, yeah. You too. Oh, but what, I got, but what saves me is not that I'm not a sinner. It's that Jesus Christ has transformed me. Amen. There's no shame in walking down to an altar and raising your hands and saying, God, get these counterfeits out of my world. I've got to get sin out of my life. I, I don't have any peace right now where I'm living. Lord, I need you right now to come. Lord, take this sin. Oh, God, you died at Calvary 2,000 years ago, not for perfect people, but for sinners. And I'm tired of not being able to sleep at night. I'm tired of the worry, the anxiety, and the stress. Some of you need to come to this altar because you've got counterfeit security. You're trying to maneuver it all on your own. You're trying to figure it out. You're trying to strategize your way through life. And right now you've got some things you're going through that you can't figure your way through. Let me tell you, walk down to this altar and put it in the hands of Jesus. I love it. Come on, that's awesome. Right now you're responding. Oh, and there's real salvation in this house today. There is a real transforming power of God that pastor talked about earlier. Jesus can transform your life. I've, I've seen it happen, Brother Carson. I've seen people walk in drug addicts and leave delivered. Not a, not a 12-step plan. Just one move of the Holy Ghost. Just one time Jesus opened his mouth and spoke over them and the blood of Jesus touched them and they were transformed and he can do it right now. I need some people that believe that with me, that Jesus can do it right now. I don't care what it is you're going through, alcoholic, drug addict, amen, it doesn't matter what the sin might be. Dishonesty, lack of integrity, lack of character, whatever the sin might be, Jesus. Come on, let's raise our hands together right now all around this room, we're gonna repent. We're gonna ask Jesus to forgive us. Come on, it's time to get those counterfeit things out of our world. Lord, I've been deceived by the enemy. He knocked on my door and told me that I would find gratification and I would find fulfillment if I just let that vice, if I just let that sin in, that I would be so much better off. Only to find out as soon as he came in, he bound me. God, I was bound and I watched my peace walk out the door. Lord, I'm not content to live without peace in my life when you've come today to tell me that you have peace for me. And so, Lord, I repent today and I ask you to forgive me, oh God. Lord, forgive me of every sin that I have committed. Oh, oh God, forgive me, Lord, for every thought that I have thought that is contrary, Lord, to your word. Forgive me for every word that I have spoken.